Uh, we've been studying through uh, the epistle of, of 1 John uh, this summer. Uh, two, uh, two sermons left uh, will finish by the end of the month. But what we've been uh, seeing in John's uh, words to his friends and to uh, the churches abroad uh, is this beautiful reminder of the essential tenets of uh, the Christian faith. Even in the face of opposition and even in the face of trial, uh, John wants to remind his friends and uh, the churches around uh, the area, um, he wants to encourage them that Jesus indeed does love them. And not only does Jesus uh, love them, uh, but also uh, their union and oneness with him makes them to be able to love uh, him And so we're going to look even further into that this morning as we look at uh, 1 John chapter 5, uh, verses uh, 1 through 5. It's been our tradition here of late uh, to stand at the reading of God's Word. If you're not able, you don't have to, uh, but if you are able, I invite you to stand as we read God's Word together. This is God's Word from 1 John chapter 5, verses beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Lord, Word of the Lord stands forever. You may be seated. Let's pray together before we look deeper into God's Word. Father in heaven, thank You for allowing us the privilege to come and be in Your presence, to be with Your people to celebrate Your Son, Jesus, and to live in the glory of the work of Your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank You that You are at work and that we can trust that. And we can see that, especially even this morning. We ask that You would press that even deeper into our hearts as we uh, consider your word, Lord. May uh, the words of uh, my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts uh, be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our refuge. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Uh, so I don't know if you know, but this week we've experienced uh, many new births. 
uh, physical and spiritual. Um, many of you probably received uh, the email this past week that Tim and Anna Grider had their beautiful uh, new baby girl, Faye Virginia Grider. She was born uh, early last week, and uh, so we've experienced a new birth physically, but we've also experienced new birth spiritually, as you've uh, witnessed this morning with 15, 16 kids professing faith in Jesus Christ and uh, longing to uh, be a part of His church, to be around other believers, to grow um, in Jesus and grow uh, with each other. I got some time uh, to spend uh, this past week with uh, Tim and Anna, just a brief uh, second, mask and hand sanitizer, obviously. It's been a long time since I've held a baby that small. And it brought back all the, the warm nostalgia of seeing the little fingers and the little toes and the little nose. And it just makes you realize in this moment, not only the majesty of what God's done, but it makes you also realize the beauty of how such a young child has their life ahead of them. The, the, the fullness of uh, everything to grow and to learn, and it just, it overwhelmed me. Uh, I, my children are uh, growing and older teenagers uh, now, and so that feeling, that nearness of having an infant in your arms, it overwhelmed me. But then, if I'm honest, I'm also overwhelmed by what we saw this morning, and I hope you are too, because little fingers and little toes become much bigger fingers, don't they? And much bigger toes, and next thing you know, we've got new birth here as well, because you've got children who were once this small and now are this tall saying, I realize there's something wrong with me, and I can't fix it, and I need help. I need help to be saved. I need, I need Jesus' redemption and death on the cross to make me whole again. Uh, that is a beautiful picture as well. You've got this born-again-ness um, all over again. It's It's beautiful. It's beautiful, and I think that's what John would have us see here in his uh, letter to the church uh, this morning. What does it look like to be born again? And what can that mean for us this morning? You notice those words in the passage as we read it. Uh, John says, we're born of God, born of Him. Uh, what does that actually mean? Those words have been used throughout Christendom for some time, uh, and yet do we really know what they mean? That's what we're going to consider this morning. Just two points, and I'll try to be brief. The first is the beauty of being born again in Jesus, and the second is the hope of being born again in Jesus. If you'll look at me, uh, look at, not look at me, look at God's Word, um, verses 1 and 2, John takes great care to remind us of what he's clearly been stating uh, throughout his letter. Born of God, born of Him, children of God. You, you and I know the reality, babies don't create themselves. And the beauty of spiritual birth is that 
we don't have the strength to muster in and of ourselves to move uh, toward God, His creation, His activity, His volition. There is no way spiritually dead people, as Paul says, can muster new life in and of themselves. And so, dead and lifeless corpses receive life. Why? Well, John tells us in verses 1 and 2, because God's stirring. Because God's at work. Because God's active. And so many of you have experienced that in your own life. You've seen the work of God day in and day out stirring in your life. And you see His activity, whether it be showing you His grace and you rejoice. Or whether it be convicting you of sin and you repent and ask for forgiveness. God is at work. That's evidence. That's beauty of being born again. But not just God's activity. That activity continues to produce something. If you look at verse 1 again with me, John says a defining beauty of being born of God is believing that Jesus is the Christ. Believing that Jesus is the Christ. You know one of the key elements of believing that Jesus is the Christ is believing that we're not. Which is hard for us, isn't it? Uh, We're brought into this world with a broken belief system granted to us by our our forefathers uh, and and foremother uh, Adam and Eve that encourages us to know and to trust and believe that we're the center of the universe and that everything revolves around us, right? We witnessed that. You, you, You can see that from... Faye Virginia's age, all the way up to the oldest saint in this room. We struggle with the reality that the world, um, or we think the, the world revolves around us, and it doesn't take us long to figure out that that's pretty destructive, and that's pretty helpless, and that's pretty lonely, and that's pretty confrontational, especially when you realize that we're called to live in relationships with one another who also believe that they're the center of the universe as well. And so what you've got is a bunch of people who walking around who believe they're the center of the universe, and we run headlong into each other, and it doesn't always work out so well, does it? And then... When God, through His Spirit, begins to stir a new activity, we become aware that there's someone greater than me, and I need that someone greater than me. I can't fix myself, and left to myself, I can only pursue deeper self-sufficiency and deeper self-glory, often at the expense of others. And so I need to be saved from myself, John says. And so God's activity produces new beliefs. Those are two evidences of being born again. But then John also gives us a third. There's new activity, there's new beliefs, and there's new loves. John says uh, that that the new activity and the new beliefs lead to, look in verses 1 and 2 again, that our, li- that our loves are reconstructed. God's activity with a, with a belief that we need Jesus more than ever uh, because uh, in and of ourselves we struggle uh, to move uh, towards God. God gives us new hearts that are full of life and coursing, for, coursing with love for God 
because we, excuse me, because we've received that gift of Jesus' uh, life and death and sacrifice, His His perfection and His righteousness, that which we don't uh, deserve in coursing with love for others because we also want others to know the same beauty that we have also received. So God's activity stirs and brings about a new belief system that we need Jesus. It brings about new loves that we we need Jesus and we need others to know about Jesus. But finally, John says, uh, evidence or beauty of being born again is that all of a sudden we have new desires. New desires, uh, that's a defining beauty of being born again. Look at, me, look, look at um, God's Word with me, verse 3. It's almost as if you can see John combing back through the Ten Commandments, a desire to be uh, obedient to God through, the, through His prescribed way of living. It's the, it's the natural outflow of God's activity. Uh, his, his new beliefs and His new loves that we desire uh, to be obedient uh, to Him. God acts in our lives and then He produces in us through His Holy Spirit uh, the longing to uh, believe. That's the way Jesus summed up the law, if you, if you remember. God gave us the Ten Commandments and Jesus summed it up. Say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it. You love your neighbor as yourself. And so God changes our desires to actually follow after Him. And Jesus actually addresses this because so often we think about God's commandments and we think, oh, I struggle to keep those. That's so hard for me to do. But Jesus says, no, those commandments aren't burdensome. If you look back in Matthew chapter 11, uh, Jesus is going to come to His disciples and He say, look, when those, when those commandments, when those struggles get weird, when they get burdensome, and when they make you weary, come unto Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you which is light. See the difference? That's how John says these commandments aren't burdensome because Jesus has accomplished them for us and in His accomplishment then we get to go live in that freedom and pursue and strive after those desires. New activity and new beliefs and new loves and new desires, those are all evidence of what it means to be born again. I don't know, uh, we don't have the time this morning, but I'd encourage you, uh, either this afternoon or maybe this week, the Scriptures give us two of the most vivid illustrations you could ever imagine for this topic of being born again. I'd encourage you to go read Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37 if you have time this week. It is one of the most vivid pictures of new life being brought about by God. Ezekiel describes a valley of dry bones that are lifeless and dead. And all of, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God rushes onto these bones and sinew forms, muscle forms, 
life happens. That's exactly what John is describing here. I'd also encourage you to go and read John chapter 3. There's another vivid illustration of what John is describing here in his letter. John chapter 3, Jesus is introduced to this man named Nicodemus who thought his belief system was on point. He thought he loved God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Nicodemus thought that his desires were most pure. And Jesus told Nicodemus, you're going to have to be born again. What's that mean? It means we can't muster enough righteousness ourselves to get anywhere close to God. We need Jesus. It's beautiful scriptural pictures of what John is describing, but I think even equally as beautiful, um, sitting in that big circle at the Moonies that evening with all of the children uh, that you just saw up here uh, this morning, sitting there in that big circle outside, listening to each of the young ones that stood here this morning describe their journey to, to discovering Jesus. You want to talk about fascinating. You want to talk about beautiful. I always thought, um, I, we heard things like, I always thought of Jesus and church as kind of mom and dad's thing. But now I know I need it too. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that that so life-giving? We heard, I I thought I knew what love was until I realized Jesus died for me. Out of the mouths of infants and children come the glories of of God. We heard almost to a child in their own unique ways. I heard it over and over and over again that night. Kelly and I went home and remarked uh, as, as we were getting ready for bed, almost to a child, this was said. I mean, I don't know everything there is to know about God and the faith, but I want to learn. And I want to grow. And I want to be taught. And I want to see God work in my life. That is the evidence of what it means to be born again in Christ. That is the evidence of God working in these children's lives and also in our lives. If you're a believer here this morning, I hope you're so encouraged by that. I hope you are so encouraged uh, that you will have seen evidence of these beauties and characteristics in your life and you can rejoice and celebrate with the Father this morning for the good work that He has done in your life. It's assuring. But don't stop there. Don't stop there because often is the case uh, that we ebb and flow in this journey with Christ. We ebb and flow in these beauties. We see God's activity and we believe, but we struggle to love and desire. I'm sure some of you maybe even are experiencing that this morning. I've certainly experienced it myself. 
I know God's at work. I believe. But man, it's hard for me to love other people. Man, it's hard for me to desire to follow God when I really just want to do what I want to do. And so my encouragement for you this morning is to do the hard introspective work of asking God to continue the process of making you whole. That's the beauty of this, these books that Tim ordered for the students, the Valley of Vision. If you, adults, if you don't have a copy of it, please go get it. Uh, those prayers will u- usher you closer to the throne of Jesus than you have ever been before. If you're not a believer here this morning, hey, that is okay. We are so uh, glad that uh, you're here, that you've come to join with us. Maybe your beliefs, your loves, your desires have you feeling a little disjointed uh, this morning. Uh, maybe you've felt that, that disjointedness for a, a while. You hear, you're hearing of Jesus' love, sacrifice, and prote- perfection, and grace, and forgiveness, and you realize that maybe... Uh, You need to be loved like that because you've never experienced it uh, before. It sounds so beautiful, and you know uh, you need it. Listen, that's the activity of God stirring. And I, some of our elders, any of our uh, leaders or church members would love to talk to you about that, if that's the place uh, you find uh, yourself this morning. Uh, so there's the beauties of being born again, but then quickly the hope of being born again. John wants us to see uh, that there's great hope for spiritual newborns even amidst continual struggle uh, with sin. If you remember back to Genesis chapter 3, uh, verses 14 and 15, Satan's ploy all along has been to shift the focus off of God and off of His Word and onto ourselves. And yet, here's the hope. When Jesus undergoes Satan's temptation in the desert, desert he defeats uh, that curse and he defeats uh, those ploys uh, by saying what? Man does not live by bread alone, but only by the Word of God. And by accomplishing that perfection, by dying and making that sacrifice, He grants us the beautiful privilege of looking to Him in faith. And John says, that faith is victory. That faith is the victory. That is the hope. Jesus has bound up Satan. He's defeated death. He will make all our sadness and sorrow and tears whole again. There's hope even in the struggle for those who are born Again, but don't misunderstand what John's saying. Please don't misunderstand uh, what John is saying. The victory isn't in the strength of the faith. The victory is not in the strength of of the faith, but rather in the object of the faith. King Jesus. Will we struggle? Absolutely. Absolutely we'll struggle. Certainly, but in the freedom of the gospel, we'll sin and struggle and be made aware of our sin and we'll confess 
will receive forgiveness and new strength and energy and desires to pursue Christ's likeness. That's the activity of the Holy Spirit. And it's beautiful. Will everything go our way? Of course not. Uh, but in the strength of King Jesus, we can know with confidence that He has endured everything we will endure and will never leave us. He will absolutely grant us our, His peace and guard our hearts until He returns. So John has this hope temporally, but he also has the hope eternally the ultimate victory of eternity in mind, the day when faith will be made sight and all the sad things will be untrue. It's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Come, Lord Jesus, come. I'll close with this story. Um, I witnessed one of the sweetest pictures of hope, of victory uh, this past week. Uh, It was the hope and the evidence of new birth in a believer. Um, As I mentioned at the start of our service, Miss Bobby Cruz is on her deathbed. She is, um, she's been struggling uh, for some time. She's being cared for by hospice. And so Dale and I had the privilege to go and pray for Miss Bobby this week. Here's a child of God who has loved Jesus for many years and is now struggling uh, to go be with Him. And in the midst of that pain and that struggle and even bits of lifelessness, when Dale took her hand And when he opened his mouth and began to pray for her, the biggest smile came across her face. The biggest smile. Smile stayed there throughout the entire time that Dale was praying. There's a faith that hopes in a Jesus that is much bigger than death. So much bigger than the struggles of this life. He's so big that faith in Him provides victory. So much so that even the worst thing that we can consider death is but a smile until we see Him face to face. Lord, press these things in on our hearts. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of new birth. Thank you for the activity and the work and the stirring and the beliefs and the hopes and the loves and the desires. Lord, thank you for all of those things, for they surely come from you. Would you help us, Lord, to live into this new birth? Would you help us to live into this hope? Uh, Father, would you help us to believe, especially when we struggle to believe? We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.